Good evening, good evening, good evening. It's maybe for some of you guys it's a good evening, maybe for some of you guys it isn't. This is Georgia Tech Vol, and this is the PodQuest. It is February 17th, 2019, and we are having a hangover. No, not from drinking too much. Maybe some of you guys drinking your sorrows away last night, but the Tennessee Vols primetime game against Kentucky at Rep Arena, top five matchup, all the hype, all the glitz, all the glam, everything, and Tennessee lays an egg, as Tennessee usually does. In typical fashion, Tennessee loses to Kentucky. It was really not even close. So we're going to talk about that tonight. We're all frustrated as fans, but we'll figure it out together here because that's what we do as a fan base. We actually have a really good fan base. I was thinking about that real quickly. Um, I was actually watching the Lady Vols uh, basketball game, which that was a away game in Missouri, but then watching the – they had softball on. And uh, I didn't turn it to that channel. It was just on. So don't nobody give me any trouble for that. And there were actually a lot of interesting Tennessee fans that were there dressed in all their garb and everything. And it was kind of like an away tournament kind of thing down in Clearwater, Florida. So kudos to the Tennessee fan base. I know I, for one, have given it a hard time, especially on the football side of the house. But Tennessee travels very well. So kudos to the fans, especially there are a lot of fans at the at the Kentucky game. Uh, last night, even though we got our butts whooped. So we're going to talk about that a lot tonight. Um, we've got a, a lot to discuss around that game. I have a lot of gripes about Tennessee, about the referees, just in general, and everything that went on last night. So we're going to talk about that. We've got uh, some recruiting updates to talk about, uh, a little bit of mailbag and some questions from folks on the board. Um, and then also some of the guys on the, the podcast want to talk baseballs, which we're really excited. It looks like we've we've had a pretty good start. So with that being said, let's go around the horn. Again, uh, we've got a lot of the usual suspects here. We're, we're, we've uh, we've got tonight PTC Vol. How are you, man? Good evening. I know you're excited to be here as always. Absolutely, man. Glad to be with my buddies uh, here. Talking about our Vols, being here with Vol Nation, all of our fellow posters, and anywhere you're listening from, glad to have you. Ready to get this thing going and flush that game away from last night. I had a lot of flushes uh, last night and this morning, and uh, none of them could flush <laughs> away the memories from that game. But did you have have a, a very special Valentine's? Yeah, man, it was pretty good. Uh, we actually kept it low-key. Um, I took out the whole family, uh, my girlfriend, um, her two boys, my daughter, and I uh, took my mom. We all went and ate dinner and just kind of hung out. Just kind of, uh, just kind of as a family, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I, uh, I'm not a big fan of doing anything major on Valentine's itself. Yeah. Because um, one week after Valentine's Day is my birthday, so there's a whole lot going on in you know inside a week. So I try to keep it low key and. Uh, move on from there and this coming Saturday we're probably gonna do something pretty big wow and well first off we're excited for your birthday congratulations happy birthday you didn't tell us that by the way um so this well, is the first <laughs> secondly, where's the invite nobody's been invited to anything any special extravaganza uh so you know not yet nothing big um you know 
you guys obviously uh, know about that. I plan on proposing to my girlfriend, and you know, obviously, if she says yes, which I'm pretty sure she will, you guys have verbal invite for the wedding until we get a date and place name down, and then I got invitations coming out to all of you. And if you don't show up, you're going to be on my. Well, you you can't list say forever. you can't say this on the podcast. I'm sure she listens to it. I was going to say, hopefully, she doesn't <laughs> listen to this. Yeah, we've talked. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. She doesn't know when or where I'm going to do this. So it's one of those. Wait, 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 wait. She's not a fan of the pod. Exactly. This is the point. Don't sidestep that. This is, this is a big thing. Listen to this thing. No, no, no. She, she, not only does she listen, but she hangs out while we're doing the pod quest. So she gets the raw feed and then she listens to it back later on in the week as well. Okay, good, good. So is she sitting there listening to this? (laughs) Yeah, she is. She's a trooper, man. That's why why I love her so much. Okay. Oh, that's good. Congratulations, honey. Yeah. yeah. Congrats. We're excited for you. <laughs> you know. Can't wait to see you walk down the aisle in your dress. Yeah. We're, we're really excited and uh, looking forward to the wedding. And yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, but uh, no, it's good, awesome. good to have you on, man, as always. And uh, excuse me, I'll pass it over to uh, the man of the hour, Bleed Orange, who was playing in our pregame show here playing uh whatever that was in the background but it was very loud and i couldn't hear myself think we're just here celebrating life and uh excited to uh, be on the podcast tonight and hear everybody's thoughts about uh the basketball game and a few things moving forward for big orange nation now did you do anything i know you do your nightly jacuzzi runs with your wife did you do anything fun for for valentine's i don't remember anything in particular you don't remember the night you were that you had that many uh uh metamucil bombs uh, isn't that I, I think i had an evening at home or was that at the the uh trapeze oh no i was at your house i was at your house on valentine's where are you no you were you oh i don't remember actually no yeah oh i made dinner okay see i don't even remember gosh i'm getting old um okay well happy valentine's then i didn't realize yeah we <laughs> celebrated uh last night we went over here to the landings pool and this is a family show by the way so yeah we were out there in the on the hot tub and you know the moon was all was bright and the music was nice and well, did a little skinny dipping out there for a while, and you know it was it was good. Gosh, <laughs> things I didn't need to know. <laughs> and then you got out, and you were saying the water was cold, or no, no, just you know, <laughs> you know, son, you're you're uh, the chip off the old block. You know, we don't have that issue. Good. Well, I'm glad you didn't say my full name again this time on the podcast, like you have. <laughs> of other times wait i haven't i haven't used all three names <laughs> i know but you've said my name multiple times and um i'm surprised you haven't said my address on here yet but that's that's for another time <laughs> but I, <laughs> I do want to give you credit really quickly though um i know we're kind of bantering here back and forth but um my dad actually brought by a number of he usually brings by stuff from his attic or whatever that he doesn't want anymore when he's trying to get rid of trash and everything and he puts it in my things, garage. No, things that my, his mother saved for him like no. his old first grade news, you know, papers and yeah. coloring and all that stuff. Yeah, so he yeah, let's that's it's that benign, just a couple pieces of paper he that he brings over, aka my entire garage is filled with stuff now. 
Um, so it's not just a couple pieces of paper, but speaking of pieces of paper, he did bring by some interesting things from my heyday in high school when I was a, a star athlete in high school basketball. And my name was printed all over the, my name was printed all over the Atlanta journal constitution, um, all over the sports section. Um, I got a number of headlines. Uh, so that was exciting. I don't know if you want to speak on that a little bit more, dad, but I appreciate you bringing those papers over. Um, no, I think you pretty well covered it, son. And um, there will be some fact checking after this is over. But uh, yeah, you, all of that's true. Well, if anybody needs picks, if they say picks or it didn't happen, I will. I can show picks because it did happen. I, I was again star athlete. I've got the box scores to show you, um, and you don't get two points and four rebounds for a reason without getting to the AJC. So um, <laughs> it's, very it's one of those things, you know, where you affect the game in a lot of different ways. Yes, it doesn't or, always show up in the box. Yeah, or the, the picture they of call the, you the great white hype. Yes. The picture of the, the guy <laughs> from Wheeler going up to dunk and I'm trying to pull his shorts down as he's jumping up in the air. Uh, I, awesome. I didn't know the AJC did a manager of the month, but that's cute. <laughs> they did. Um, yes. So, um, I actually started for a little while until I got replaced and got moved to the bench. I felt like, uh, Bowden. Now, I I didn't know, you know, ten to twelve years later that Bowden would be taking, you know, refuge in my situation because I know that they do listen to the podcast. So shout out to the Tennessee Vols basketball team. Um, but uh, you know, Bowden very similar in abilities, um, you know, mm. shooting percentages and things like that. And we both got moved to the bench um, rather quickly in our senior season. So shout out to Mr. Bowden. Or he's a junior. Oh, but you didn't stay there, son. You made it back to the court. I did. I did. So um, anyway, but Priest, um, last but not least, my friend, how, how's this? How You, you had to have a, a great Valentine's having your new daughter and all the running around that you did, or did you just go to sleep for Valentine's? No, we were good. Um, she slept. We ordered uh, – there's a local sushi place that's really good, so we ordered some sushi since my yep. wife couldn't have it during her pregnancy. So we, um, we, we ate some sushi and drank some red wine and just kind of hung out and enjoyed the night. Nothing too crazy like, you know, skinny dipping or in, in hot tubs exactly. with large groups of other people. But, you know, right. you know party in different ways. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting because I, my dad was in town for two weeks, and um, he stayed only one night at, at our house, and then he stayed another night at this place called Trapeze in Atlanta. You guys can Google it, um, but uh, Don't I didn't. So. I didn't know that he had a membership, <laughs> and he's got one. He's gotten a platinum card over there for whatever reason. So um, anyway, but we had a great Valentine's. I actually got to make um, my blackened. Argentinian shrimp, or if it's Argentine, I don't know. You guys can fact check me on that. But it's Argentinian. Ar- I think it might be Argentine, actually, honestly. It was uh, brought illegally uh, over the border up here to us. Well, hey, you know, we, we can't hey. talk about that or else we'll get this the show banned. As here. long as it wasn't packed for C4, I'm okay with it. <laughs> but they are incredible. It's an incredible kind of shrimp. It's like the uh, the lobster of shrimp. They have it at Trader Joe's. You dethaw them and I've got the Zatarain blackened seasoning I do, and I sent you guys pictures, I know, but then you do alfredo. Absolutely. That's so good. And if you ever get a chance to go down to Argentina. 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 Argentina um, make sure you do so. It has the absolute best beef in the world. I mean, it's 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 been that way for nothing since to be honest with you i have only been once and i was there for three days and it 
is not only a beautiful country, but the people there are extremely friendly and the food there is ridiculously amazing. I'd like to go back and spend some time on the River Plate uh, down there and check out Uruguay, Paraguay, and spend more time in uh, Argentina, Argentina exploring the countryside. I just, you know, I was 15 years old and didn't know what the hell I was doing, but still had fun. Hell, I just want to know good places to eat in Dothan, Alabama. Well, we've got about 25 threads of those, but I know a good, <laughs> we, I know a good thread. I know a good place to eat in Panama City, though. What about in Destin? Yeah. But nobody uh, goes to Destin. I thought people went to Panama City. It's Daytona this weekend, so everybody's wanting to eat down at Daytona Beach. Oh, I don't know where to eat there, but well, apparently it's a spot to be today for some reason. What I don't is it a golf thing or is it a NASCAR thing or something? I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, speaking of no idea, again, uh, we have no idea on on Daytona what the heck happened. But if you ever go down to, to Panama City Beach, I will give a little shout out because Monocle lives down there. Shout out to my great uncle Greg that's down there, and uh, he's been down there for a number of years. Always lets us go down there and stay, go fishing, etc. But his favorite place is called Patches in. Not sponsored by Patches. We got some other sponsors coming in, but Patches is a great place to eat. And they've got a pizza. You've never heard of this one before. You guys let me know if you have. It's called The Ultimate, and it's got everything on it. I mean, this thing's got onions. It's got mushrooms. It's got peppers. It's got pepperonis. It's got anchovies. It's got black olives. It's called The Ultimate. It's unbelievable. It's got everything on it. And only at Patches can you get something with everything on it. So... Anyway, I, I say that in a joking way, but they do have that pizza there. So it's a pretty good little place. They do karaoke on Wednesday nights, and I know Bleed Orange likes to, to go on there and sing. But we've kind of gone back and forth here a little bit. Had some Food fun. Quest. Food yeah, Quest. Food Quest. We've, we've, we've talked about Valentine's, all that good stuff. So we just kind of want to change it up here a little bit before we get into everything. Uh, we did have a mailbag question. I'm going to check and see if we had any others. We had one that came in from Volfan in LA. Again, appreciate uh, appreciate the entry. Um, we're going to go to the mailbag before we talk about basketballs real quickly, just for a couple minutes here. Uh, Priest, um, or actually Bleed Orange, I want to give this one to you. So here is your question from Volfan in LA. Are you ready? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> All right, here we go. Volfan in LA1, Quitman, Louisiana. Have y'all ever had a job where you just hated your boss? I mean, just loathed him. Present job excluded, of course. Or present job if you want, Bleed Orange. But have you ever had a, <laughs> have you ever had a boss that you didn't like? Uh, that's probably pretty easy to do for a lot of people. Um, I uh, really have... I had one I didn't like, and I actually stayed around just because there were enough things about the job that made it worthwhile to be there. Uh, So I was willing to make that choice to live with uh, the devil that I knew as long as I had the other things in place in order, including the amount of money I was making. Okay, that that sounds very politically correct. So that's that's There you go. Um, yeah, I've had, uh, I've actually liked the bosses that I've had over the, the number of years, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, again, I, I've liked the bosses for the most part that I've had over the number of years. There's one that I, I got very angry with because she, or I guess he or she, excuse me, she pretty much cussed me out on, on site with a customer or at a customer's in, in, in their kind of like lunch area or whatever. 
she cussed me out in front of my engineer and everything. And it was not a very good sight. And I was very, my eyes were bulging out of my head. My face was red. I was not very happy. And she said, it looks like you want to like go across the table. And I said, no, I would never do anything like that. But um, two weeks later, I ended up leaving the company. But uh, good question, Volfan and Ellie. Do you got PTC or Priest? Do you guys have a, a boss that you never liked? Oh, yeah. Um, my current uh, organization that I work for now, this uh, – this person is no longer with the organization, thankfully, but uh, she made coming to work a chore and made actually being at work nearly unbearable. Um, however, just like Bleed Orange, I kind of stuck it out because the people that I worked with were phenomenal, were absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, they stuck around too. And not only did she get demoted, but six weeks uh, after she got demoted, she was summarily fired. Yay! Things always happen. <laughs> Now, priest or uh, priest, did you have one that uh, you didn't like at all? Yeah, I had one. Um, I mean, it was just normal kind of power trip stuff. So it, it was quite enjoyable when I laid that resignation letter down on her desk whenever I left my previous company of mine, and it was uh, enjoyable to watch her smile and, and squirm because she knew that she was about to be in a whole lot of trouble as soon as I left, and she was. So it was really good. It was quite enjoyable. <laughs> No, that's that's good. I'm I'm reading our next question from the mailbag, and this actually was not a voice message. I think Drake might not have a computer, but he posts enough, I guess, to have a computer. But uh, um, I'm trying to figure out the best way for a family show to, to work <laughs> this one. And uh, the the three people are Joy Behar, Barbara Streisand, and Amory Schumer. And uh, the question is, uh, make out with one. Uh, divorce one or marry one and you get to choose those three options out of those three women so ptc if you could make out with one divorce one and marry one who would the three be i hate you (laughs) 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 come on now you'd make out Uh, come on she's the character from the uh, i'd probably i'd probably actually marry her (laughs) <laughs> um, because of the character and the fuckers. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. Um, the other one is uh, JB. I'd probably end up killing her. <laughs> I didn't say kill. I said, I said well, divorce. I didn't say leave on a desert island. Leave on a desert island. There you go. Yeah, we'll strand mm-hmm. on a desert, desert island. With no food, yep, no def- definitely her. <laughs> That's definitely worse. her. That's like the worst. <laughs> uh, Schumer. It depends on how much liquor there is in the bar, and oh, there man. better not be any witnesses or pictures. Mary <laughs> Schumer, you would. <laughs> you would. God Mary Streisand. Oh, you Mary Streisand. You would hook up with Schumer, and then you would dessert. <laughs> Joy Behar on an island. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we can, unless there are any comments, we can leave that one there. Please do. It's an unfortunate uh, ch- uh, group to choose from. <laughs> That's Thanks, Drake. You're going to give me nightmares now. I was wondering. I thought they were going to put Ruth Bader Ginsburg in one of those. <laughs> She's dead already, isn't she? <laughs> Yeah, the, would, the best part, though, is that his girlfriend is sitting in the room listening to him record this, so she has to hear his answers right now. Uh, <laughs> oh man, don't that worry, would... she knows the kind of people I hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
Yeah, the scum, the bottom of the uh, the barrel here. But uh, anyway, thank you, Drake, for that. So now let's get into some vol. And thank goodness, I we do a really good job with doing the timestamps, and we're very diligent on our posting on the timestamps um, for all the people that listen. So thank you uh, for your feedback. We've we've listened to that, and we do the timestamps immediately when we post this thing, so you can click through. If you were not entertained, then screw you. No, I'm just kidding. If you weren't entertained, you can listen to some of the other parts of the podcast, but. We want to make it a little fun for you guys as well. So before we get into this nonsense of the Kentucky game, so Tennessee, I don't even know what the dang score is. I need to freaking pull it up. Um, 86 to 69. 86 to 60. At least we got 69, but, you know, uh, you know, 86 to 69. Tennessee, let's see here. Let's pull this up. NCAA men scores. Tennessee, bottom line, primetime game, and Tennessee doesn't show up. I think they were – they, I don't think they were nervous for the game. Showed up though, got run out of the gym. You know, as Jay Billis said, you know, Kentucky showed up for a UFC fight and Tennessee got bullied and pushed around, unfortunately. And I thought it was going to be if Kentucky shot the three ball well and they only shot 38%, so probably around the averages. They, they had four threes in the first 10 to 12 minutes, I, I believe. They didn't make any threes the rest of the game, but Keldon Johnson made some dang threes in a row, which kind of made it tough there. But, uh, you know, what do you guys think? Priest, I'll, I'll give it to you really quickly. I mean, just a, a kind of a, a – throw. I don't know if it's a throwaway game, but what are your thoughts on how this thing went and, and what does this take the direction of the team? I mean, Jay Billis isn't wrong. I mean, they – they got they got beat up. They got pushed around. I yeah. think this this was the first time they got punched in the mouth, and they didn't respond. Like they were not ready um, to fight back. And I mean, yeah, you know, you read through Twitter and all the people complaining about about the refs. But I mean, even without the refs, I don't think Tennessee beats Kentucky last night. And I predicted them um, to win in Rupp. So that goes against what I said. Um, they just, I mean, they they looked they just didn't have the same energy that they've had throughout the entire year. Like you could tell after the first couple threes, Kentucky hit in the game, the crowd got into it. Grant got knocked down a couple times. Um, Kyle Alexander was basically getting shoved three rows deep into the stands, no matter what. And he wasn't even touched by people, which I know. I mean, and we, you know, what's funny is we talked about this in the text that at the exact same time we sent the Kyle Alexander, just cost himself a ton of money by not showing up in this game. And I mean, he had four points and three rebounds. Unreal. And it obviously shows that you and I know basketball because we were both thinking the exact same thing at the same time and, and literally texted it at the same time. <laughs> and yeah, Alexander, you know, I've been, as you guys know, I've been really rough on him the whole season and not just to be like a D bag, but just because. Everyone keeps clamoring that this guy is a, you know, a, a, an NBA prospect. And at the end of the day, it's like, man, when these big games come, I mean, he can't be pushed around underneath the basket anymore. He, something's got to, something's got to change. So yeah, and I say all that like, not a negative look into the game, but I mean, the positive side of it, and I and you, I know you guys will probably disagree, Chris or GT. I know you will. Um, the thing is, I think this is good for them. Admiral said it after the game that this is good for them to go and learn from and get better. But I think they needed it. I think they needed to lose, and I think they needed to lose in this way. So I, I don't see it as a 
total loss um, for the season. But, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see how they bounce back with Vanderbilt coming to town. So, you know, I'll have to disagree a little bit because I actually think that, and there's a lot of people on the board, I'm not trying to overreact too much here, but I think this really shows that someone like a Kyle Alexander kind of is, I hate to use the word fraud, but he kind of is a fraud here. A lot of people said he's an NBA player. Um, you know, you've got Williams and Sco, uh, Schofield. I think both of those guys fouled out, or, or excuse me, Alexander and Schofield both fouled out. And then, um, you know, I think Tennessee, the trajectory they're going on, they've got a couple of other tough games. I don't see them winning the SEC tourney, and I see them kind of sneaking in as the three seed. I don't see them as a one seed anymore. And Bleed Orange, I can ask you what you think on that, but um, not to say this isn't a good team, but a three seed's a top 10 or, you know, top 15 team. I think Tennessee's a top 15 team, but, um, you know, this ain't Gonzaga in the early rounds of the season. This is, you know, this is, you know, mid. February, almost early March basketball. What do you think, Bleed Orange? Well, I just like to ask, who are you and what have you done with my son? Look, I, I'm a positive <laughs> all for the most part, but goodness gracious, last night was rough. Well, no, no, I, I was laughing. I have to give Priest a little bit of a hard time here because he said that uh, he was pushed in the third row and nobody touched him. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, yeah. But. It, it, it was funny. One of the plays was that they said, the I think it's Turner or whoever for Kentucky. I can't – Travis. Like Jay Billis said, he slung him into the thing, into the cheerleaders, which all really happened was Kyle Alexander ripped the ball from his hands and fell down. Right, right, right. It, you know, the thing is um, that – what it did show is how much we have needed or do need Kyle Alexander to play well. I've never necessarily thought whether or not he was an NBA pick or not. Um, I just thought he was a, a very serviceable and important cog in this basketball team's success. Part of his problems uh, in production last night was he wasn't on the floor the whole time. Uh, I actually, I got to tell you, I could see what was happening with this game. Uh, early on, you know, Kentucky was hitting it. it. It was going to happen. I mean, how many people thought that Tennessee would go through the entire season without another loss? I I didn't. Um, nope. I, last week, you know, when we talked about, you know, whether or not they'd beat Kentucky, my only thing was, okay, I'm not going to bet against Tennessee until they, somebody proves they can beat them. Uh, but <clears throat> I didn't think they'd go through the season without a loss. And uh, it, it looked like finally that day was happening. Um, Tennessee hung in there. They did look uh, out of sorts. I, I honestly, I fell asleep in the second half. I said, okay, I know where this is going. This is getting boring. And I watched the rest of the game this morning. I didn't have any of the sound on. And I was astounded at how physical Kentucky was in that game. The pushing that they were doing and the shoving that people were doing and nothing was Dr. getting called. The four, three times. Nearly yeah, I could. Career. Well, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on off ball where they would push one of our guys into yeah. one of their guys who were yeah. screening for him and then run around the screen and be wide open. It's like, well, why did that happen? Well, it's because they fouled our guy, you know. Uh, I think the biggest was, was that screen on Grant that just leveled him. And the ref looked at it and looked and just jog, jogged right off. And you're like, okay, right. that's – that's he just shouldered him to the ground. 
Yeah, there are a couple of times when Kyle Alexander is just standing there in front of a guy with position. They call him for a foul. It's like, what? Where did that? I mean, you can't. Some of the stuff that they're calling on Tennessee, you cannot play basketball. You can't play the game without that kind of physical contact. And but then there was physical contact that was occurring that wasn't getting called. And those are clearly the kinds of things that are going to take a team out of their game. Um, Tennessee did look rattled, but and, and it was a different feel for them. Uh, we talked last week. It was kind of a timely conversation that we had about Rick Barnes and how he continues to talk about the things that they needed to do as a team to improve. And, you know, one of the things that, that I was talking about was that, you know, Barnes is looking at his team and saying, well, yeah, we can get away with this win and that win, and we didn't do our best. And Grant only scored eight points this week, but everybody else stepped up. Um, but he wasn't coaching them to beat whoever it was we beat last. You know, it, he was coaching them to beat Kentucky and to beat these teams at the end of the season and go deep in, the, in March Madness. So I think what we saw against Kentucky was that kind of it, it was a, the perfect storm. Kentucky played extremely well, and Tennessee just had everything going wrong. You can't shoot the way what they shot. Uh, and expect to come out of something like that unscathed. And so I think ultimately, just like you're going to see Alabama, let's put it in this kind of a perspective, their loss to Clemson was horrible in the national championship game. And uh, do you think that they're not bringing that up during the course of the winter workouts and the spring and all that stuff? That's going to be a great motivation to them. And I personally believe that Admiral and Grant and this team are going to come back with a vengeance. I think to your point, Bleed Orange, one of the things that, that you know Barnes has been trying to work on, yeah, is getting this team ready for the tournament. And one of the things I've been harping on, with, especially with Schofield, is he, he's been so in love with his offensive game. And I thought he had a decent offensive game. He wasn't making threes, but um, he was not rebounding. And you look at Tyler Hero, and, and Hero has freaking 13 rebounds. And a number, the majority of those are defensive rebounds. So what that tells me is we were shooting freaking long range shots and our guys are not crashing the boards. And that is what is super demoralizing when you have Tyler Hero doing, getting a double-double. And literally, I, I, I wonder if he's ever had more than 13 rebounds in a game in his life. Um, so forget all the, the referee stuff, which I think is it, it was a travesty and we talked about it already, Priest, you know, when you're pointing out on that, that moving screen. And, you know, but maybe our guys got soft when they're trying to go up for grants, trying to go up for rebounds and the guys are un undercutting their legs and he's falling to the ground and there's no call. Mm -hmm. but some, you know, you got to keep fighting to go in and, and go for rebounds. Um, but I, I just that's one of the stat lines looking at the box. What I don't like seeing is, is hero getting that many rebounds. So well, son, I, one, of, one of the things I saw, a lot of, particularly when we, we went into a zone. Um, you know, now you're not matching up on a guy and my gosh, bless his part, Derek Walker came in and he was just watching the game. He, he wasn't watching it any differently from the bench than standing out there in the middle of it. Uh, he just was lost and wasn't finding anybody to block out. And that's some of the stuff that I saw when we went in the zone that, uh, we weren't matching up with anybody and the blocking out was not good. And. And uh, we, we would also find many times when we had one person down there uh, in the block compared to maybe three for Kentucky. 
and uh, the the numbers weren't certainly working out well for us in that zone situation. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I think I don't know. I was looking at the box score too right now just to kind of refresh my memory, and I didn't I didn't notice that uh, Bowden only had three points. That's a uh, um, that that's another factor as to why they only put up mm-hmm. sixty nine with with Bowden yep. coming off. He played twenty seven minutes. Yeah, it was one from seven from the field. Uh, had one rebound and three points. Um, and that's I mean. That's not a dig at the guy. He had a bad game. You could tell he he, he would shoot and you knew it was off. And yeah. he could tell it was off. Um, he just he, he had an off night. I mean, they I'm not calling it they had an off night. They got beat and they got beat um, straight up. But it's good. They're I I say they're going to regroup. GT, I know you disagree with that, but you know, it's going to come down to the SEC tournament in March to which team's better because I still think it's going to come down to these two teams. I think LSU's a really good basketball team, but I don't think they can get past Tennessee or Kentucky to get to the finals, however the tournament bracket shakes out. Well, I mean, and, and to some of your points here, yeah, it's going to come down to the, those three, Tennessee, Kentucky, and LSU. And right now, if if you're going to play on a, well, a neutral court, which mostly Kentucky fans will go to Nashville, I know Tennessee will have some good fans there, but – Goodness, if they let them play again, and we all know the SEC reps are terrible, so one game it might be completely different. But if they let them play this UFC style, I mean, it's going to help out these more longer athletic teams like the LSUs and the Kentuckys of the world. We win when we can get position on guys, like a Grant Williams can get position down low, put his butt in somebody, put it, get those tree trunk legs, you know, position down low, and then we get those entry passes into the post, and he goes up and either gets fouled or gets an and one or makes the shot. There were none of that, none of those plays last night, and that's the thing that scares me about you know, go a, a long-term run because this is, this is the imprint on how, uh, the, uh, excuse me, the blueprint on how you beat Tennessee is you rough them up, you punch them in the face. This is supposed to be a senior laden team and they got punched in the face and, and who, who responded? Will uh, Alexander? No, he pathetic game. Turner, over seven from three. He, every time he threw it up, it was like the first time he've ever shot a three in his life. Zero confidence. I think Bone had a decent enough game. He was, he was the only one that was, you know, when I and even when and I'm kind of rambling here, but even when I heard uh, Barnes talking about, he thought Grant Williams had a great game. I don't think that he did. I think stat wise he had a good game, but I don't think he was that much of a of a player in this game. I might be wrong, um, but I, I don't think he really changed the game. I think his stats were a bunch of BS, honestly, and. Um, this team's going to have to show me something else or else they're going to be a three seed in the tournament. Doesn't mean they're not going to have a far run. There are many three seeds. Georgia tech was a three seed in 2004. They made it to the national title game. They've got the talent to make it to the national title game, but they, they're not going to be a one seed. And I know that's a hot take, but they're not going to be a one seed. Well, I think priest, I agree with priest about the, some of the shooting. The thing that I was surprised about was that they're just bad shots. It wasn't like, they were taking bad shots, but they were missing badly. You know, they just were off as a team, and they've always kind of had, you know, a couple of other people step up. Nobody was really getting it done last night. And, you know, I, I made a post. It's going to be interesting to see how people responded to it. You know, was this Kentucky game that important? Uh, yeah, it, it's it looks probably maybe a little bit more important because the balls look bad losing. Um, 
but that was really a, a, a raucous environment and a game set up that it, it was going to be tough for Tennessee to win there. And I was posing this from the standpoint, a long view that this is a Tennessee Kentucky series this year. I agree that the SEC championship is probably going to go through Tennessee and Kentucky. They're going to play probably at least two more times and maybe one time in the, in March madness. So this is going to be a series that uh, Tennessee is going to learn a lot from it. And I, I, again, I do believe that they're going to be doing a lot better the next couple of times uh, they face each other, but I think they are a long ways away from being a three seed at this point. I think uh, as far as from the negative standpoint, I think they're going to be up more at the one and two level. All right. But if, so if they don't win again, this is my assumption is that they don't win the sec championship. They might not win the even, even the regular season championship. So if they don't win either a share of the regular season or, you know, if they don't win the share of it, that means they probably lost to LSU, okay, because they've got a hard, you know, into this you know, schedule coming up. They've got Auburn coming up. They've got Ole Miss coming up. They've got Kentucky again. They've got LSU. They've got a hard schedule, the, the, this back end of the schedule. So I'm not saying that they're going to lose all these games. Let's say that they potentially might lose a game, Bleed Orange or lose two games or whatever, and they don't win the share of the, of the championship, and then they also don't win the SEC title in the tournament. Do you think that's a one or a two seed? I don't. If they squander, that means they lo- they've lost a number of games in these past five, six, seven games. I just don't see it happening unless they show something different because this was, this was a big wake-up call for this team. So, well, Listen, yeah. The way I look at this is that they can lose one more game, and that's it. They can lose one more. So you coming over the side, PTC? No, no, no. I'm not that delusional. We're on drugs. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I mean, you, you guys are right. They just came out and punched us in the mouth, literally. I mean, you know, there were a bunch of times where I saw Grant on his back, legs being cut out from under him, Kyle getting elbowed in the head, in the back of the head for that matter, and then the foul being called on him. And yep. I – I challenge you, like Moss said, find a game where Tennessee has gone zero for zero in the first half from the free throw line. Zero for zero. I, yeah. I don't think it exists. Right. Um, so I don't. I, the refs did not cost us the game, but they sure as heck didn't help. We didn't respond as soon as that fourteen no run happened right out of halftime. It was over then. It was done. Oh yeah, we weren't coming back. If we had, you know, if it had been a fourteen to eight, fourteen to ten run, fine, we would have found a way to claw back. But that completely demoralized us. And Jordan Bones' turnovers, you know, that's two games in a row where he's had four or five turnovers in the game, and that's not the way he's been playing. But that's how he played when he first got to Tennessee. He cannot be that timid. He cannot be that unsure of himself. He has to go in there with ball security. Now, I'll liken it to Jeremy Banks. He's got to play with that kind of intensity, but he's got to hold on to the ball and not make stupid errors. Yeah, no, and again, I, I think we're we're down six at halftime. I'm like, okay, for all they made a, a number of threes in a row, went on a little bit of a run. They beat us up UFC style, and Tennessee's only down six at half. I thought they had a good chance at, at coming back, but – like you said, PTC, that, that run at the beginning of the second half really was just absolutely a, a backbreaker. Um, Priest, I want to ask you really quickly, 
Um, who do they turn to now? Because, you know, obviously the team had a, a rough game. They've got a hard schedule coming up. Who, who do you think, you know, steps up here and helps turn this thing around? I think you got to lean back on Bowden. I mean, three points, that's that's not his game. Um, and you got to get back to Schofield playing the way he should be playing and not settling for really, really bad three balls. Um, I think it's going to have to be a collective effort. I don't um, – I don't know if there's one individual that just dropped the ball last night that could have done anything different. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I, I thought Fookie actually played pretty well last night in yeah, his limited yeah. nine minutes. He came off the bench, yeah. had more energy than anyone else on the court did at that the time he was on there. Now he's not a scoring juggernaut or anything like that, but he, he provided some decent minutes and showed some energy and um, nice some leadership. Yeah. Nice got a good block. Um, really, you know, dove after the ball and the one going out of bounds. And, um, you know, the effort he displayed was great. Um, but I don't think he's going to be the answer that's going to give you, you know, 10 to 15 points to make up for it. Um, so I think they just got to go back and, and watch watch their film that they just got beat and, and kind of reset the clock and get ready for Vanderbilt. Yeah. And, and, think, yeah, go ahead, Bleed Orange. I think this was, you know, we've had a lot of team wins this year. This was a team loss. And uh, I think yeah, that yep. two two things. Number one is that that Barnes made the comment that he looked at one of the assistant coaches and he says, "I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn because this isn't the team I've been watching all year." Uh, and and I could I could appreciate that there was there was no one on the bench that he's going to be able to run out there because he'd already run everybody out there and nobody was was the answer uh, last night. Uh, the other thing that I really appreciated was that Schofield and Grant uh, both manned up and just said, hey, they, they kicked our butts. They out-physicaled us. Uh, they established themselves early on in the contest that way. And, uh, but again, there, there was a lot of momentum on the physical part of the game that was allowed to go on that shouldn't have been gone. It should not have been going on uh, with the, the officials just not being engaged like they should have been that, you know, you but don't, isn't it, isn't it crazy? They let the, if you watch the halves, the disparity between calls, they let them basically square off an Oklahoma drill underneath the net. Yeah. The first half and then call ticky tack hand checks on us in the second half. And I'm not leading us down a ref, you know, wormhole here, but it's just, it's funny that, it, it's the epitome of what an SEC official is in basketball. It varies from half to half, so you never know what you're going to get, so you can't rely on them to go one way or the other. But that goes to show, to your point, that goes to show that they are obviously thinking about this stuff. They got that first foul on, on, on Washington on that charge, the first play of the game, and then they didn't call a foul the entire rest of the half. And, mm-hmm. and then it's like, well, we've got to make up because we didn't call a foul the whole they, – they get the stats. They know that the fouls that they've called, and they're looking at the numbers like, wow – we haven't called a single foul and then it gets out of hand and then they're like, well, we got to start calling fouls and try to make these numbers up. I don't know if they have a quarter or whatever, but I mean, it, it's <laughs> not to say that, that the referees, you know, completely because Tennessee, that despite all of it, I was like, despite this WWE style, you know, fight that was going on, they're down six. They were down six at halftime. So it wasn't, you know, you saw Jordan bone clapping his hands, for how bad Tennessee played, how much they're getting whooped, they're down six. So 
for them to come out and lay the egg in the second half when they had a chance, that was the part that was disturbing to me. So anyway. Um, I do appreciate that the team kept fighting, though. I mean, I, I some people may have seen it differently, but, you know, Tennessee got down 20 fast <laughs> there in the second half. You get down 20 points to Kentucky at home and the way that game was going uh, from the physicality that was being allowed at one point. I do think the officials started trying to make up for it later in the second half when it was really too late for it to have any real effect on the game. They started calling some ticky-tacky stuff maybe to, to make up and, and make the numbers look better. Um, but uh, that was uh, – I, I appreciate the fact that they kept fighting throughout that contest. And they, you know, got it down to 11 points or so. But when you get down 20 points, you've got to, you've got to pretty much have to play a perfect game of basketball the rest of that half in order to catch up and win. And that wasn't going to happen last night. Yeah, there, there's there's no chance. So, anyway, it's uh, – when's our next game that we have coming up? Um, I haven't even looked after – We've got one coming up on the 19th, so that's what, uh, Tuesday? Yep, Tuesday yeah. at 6, Central, 7 Eastern. So hopefully we can, you know, lick our wounds here a little bit. Um, uh, let's see here. PTC was – I heard some background noise there, but um, hopefully we can lick our wounds there for the, the Vandy game, and I think they're still winless in the SEC, so we can get a win there and go on the rest of this – uh, brutal schedule, but anything else we want to talk about on the basketballs before we move around? No, I don't have anything unless PTC, do you got anything? I, I will tell you, I do worry about what this may have done as far as confidence for Bone, uh, considering his game was it, it was horrible. Um, but I think he's also the type of guy who loves hard coaching, and he's taking it well. If we if we can get him going and get him be that steady point guard who can flash and do the kinds of things he does, I think we'll be all right. At the same time, we got to figure out Alexander, and we've beat that horse to death. So we've got to rebound and play better defense. Things that you know Barnes has been harping on for the past two months, it seems. And if we can do that, then we'll be all right. If not, it's going to be a long road to hoe. Yeah, the last thing I'll say on Kentucky, I think the the one ray of hope is they have a trash bench. Their bench is freaking garbage, and we have a lot more depth than they do. So if we can get it into a game where we're not just chasing after them and, and it's their studs shooting free throws and, and all that good stuff, they played the same five guys pretty much the entire game. So if we can somehow grind it out and make it where they got to go to their bench, maybe some of their guys get in foul trouble. But again, when you have zero fouls the entire half, you're not going to go in foul trouble. So that was one of the things that was glaring to me. They didn't have <laughs> they didn't have to go to their bench the whole time. So anyway, but uh, hopefully we can we can rebound on Tuesday, pun intended. But let's talk really quickly. Let's let's go to to uh, football here. We did have a commit, and maybe uh, Pruitt did this on purpose because of the the basketball game. But uh, Dominic Bailey, four-star out of Maryland, defensive tackle, I believe. And I think, Priest, I think you said that he goes both ways, and maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Um, commits to, to the Vols. He's a 20 <laughs> um, But that's exciting. So I know we were talking about that, Priest. I don't know if you have any more details on the commitment, but obviously a big get for Prudent staff. Yeah, I think it goes to show that they're still trying to firm up the uh, the defensive line. 
um, the kid, Dominic Bailey, he's a four-star um, out of Maryland. So um, this will help lead into our um, nice debate in a little bit, PTC, about out-of-state kids versus in-state kids. Um, but, you know, he plays offensive line and defensive line for his high school team. But um, being recruited for the defensive side, um, I believe Jesse wrote the article that said that they he quoted him and said that he said he was being recruited to play like a Kyle Phillips, which um, – that's not a bad thing. Um, so, uh, good, good get, um, good start to the 2020 class. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of going to be the proof of, of the pudding for Pruitt and his staff as they're going after linemen and they're, they're going to win on that side of the football, um, and then put playmakers around them later in the year. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that they're going into the, the DMV area and getting some guys out of Maryland and keeping kind of that national recruiting profile. So, um, bleed orange you do you agree that they're trying to fix the defense and fix the trenches even still into 2020 obviously that's oh, didn't get what they want in 2019 well you pretty much have to i mean you've just always you're never gonna turn your back on great uh defensive linemen or offensive linemen you, you've just got to sign some every year i think one of the things that's, that's interesting is there well yeah i know and, the, and look what that got us. And, and the thing is that, that uh, one of the debates on the board you'll see is like, well, we should beat Florida because we've got better, we got the same talent or better talent than they've got. Well, you know, you hear that sort of thing. But there was, I don't know if you guys saw that one article that was posted about uh, comparing uh, the schools and how many kids are being invited to the NFL combine. And uh, Tennessee has zero, <laughs> you know. Vanderbilt have a couple, uh, you know, everybody, uh, Auburn and Kentucky both have like six to eight that are going to the combine. All these SEC schools have people going to the combine, except for your Tennessee volunteers. <laughs> now, that doesn't mean that somebody's not going to get drafted. Uh, things can happen. And uh, there's there's lots of other ways these kids can be evaluated. But I think that tells a pretty big story about the lack of player development and uh, of course maybe the, a couple of the kids that uh, maybe are going to be I don't know if uh, Heard was invited or not uh, don't know what's going on with Preston Williams those guys are maybe drafted he's, uh, he's declaring I think right yeah I think he's declared I don't know if you know once you declare I don't know can you can you go to the combine if you're an underclassman I don't know I don't think but, you can I think you I don't think you can I think yeah, I, I don't think you can either, but, you know, I think it tells a real story about uh, when you look at the, the kids that are being invited and uh, Tennessee is, is drawn a goose egg. Uh, it, it shows just how difficult of a task Jeremy Pruitt inherited from the butcher. Wow. Nice. Well said. Rant there from Bleed Orange. <laughs> so well, let's, let's talk. I know we had, we had a little segment we wanted to have here, and I know BallQuest has Gate 21. But the PodQuest has, um, what do we have? It's called Gate 19. So we think that's actually the high end, uh, the high end section of of Neyland Stadium where all the suites and boxes are with the millionaires. But we're calling it Gate 19, and we got the little belt there. Um, and I think PTC and Priest wanted to talk about was it in-state recruiting or you know some of the what do we want to talk about? In-state yeah. recruiting. Okay. Yeah, last week. Last week, I made the claim that I, you know, I didn't care where they came from if 
if Tennessee recruit recruits the players they want, it doesn't matter if they're from the state, just as long as they're good players, strap it orange and white tee on their head and go win some titles. And PTC did not agree with me. Okay. I think that's too broad of a generalization, but okay. Well, that's my statement is, and it shows here too, that with Bailey that, you know, in the, the past few years, Tennessee hasn't been relevant enough and Tennessee athletes are getting better. But if, if you're not going to jump on board or you're going to go to Texas A&M, haha, Chris Russell, good luck. Um, because the home state school didn't offer you two weeks after you camped because you're only a three-star from Dyersburg and you can get upset about it, go find a Henry T out of California that you've been recruiting, have a great relationship with, or a kid out of Georgia or Alabama or Florida. I, I don't think you need to waste your time with in-state kids. Now, you can go after the top ones and reel them in, but you want to build a national brand. You have to nationally recruit. Listen, you know, I, I don't disagree with nationally recruiting, especially in the fertile grounds of Georgia and Florida. You know, those are the two most important states for any recruiting base, if you ask me. Um, I mean, you've got Oregon, Washington, California, you know, California schools coming out to do the same thing. However, not poaching the guys from your own state that are at the top, that are at the top, that says something about the relationships that you have with the coaches in the schools in your own state. That's not a good look, regardless of whether they're three star, four star, or five star. Missing out on uh, who was it? Jordan? Was it Jordan Allen that went to uh, South Carolina? You can't miss out on guys like that. Joseph you know, Anderson we've talked about Joseph Anderson. Whatever. We've missed out on um, J.A., you know, all the same initials. We missed out on T. Higgins. You know, you kind of can't miss out on that. You, you know, we missed out on probably the greatest quarterback of this generation. And we, you just cannot do that well, he's not in and state, be though. successful. What? He wasn't in state. Wasn't he down in Georgia? Yeah, but he was in state at one time for a while. Um but then he uh, ended up being at Cartersville um, after his parents moved. But, you know, you kind of still got to consider that in-state. That's just my opinion. Anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, think saying... part of the problem, I think part of the problem Butch had was he took a lot of legacy kids that have done absolutely nothing at Tennessee. And he also took a lot of kids who were just hurt as well. Um you know, take a look at, you know, DeAndre Littaker. We He's going to take him. Take a look at uh, Greg Emerson. He got hurt, and we still have him. And there are other recruits as well. But the guys that, even if they're marginal, at least show some interest to keep the relationship with the coaches that are at these high schools so that they're not going to blackball you. Pruitt's all about relationships and all about making sure that he has the right guys on campus. Now, if he just goes up and says, look, I don't want this kid. I want this kid. Well, you know. But you don't think, really Clemson, really you think Clemson's coming in and going after every, like, two-star at these places just to keep relationship? No, they're coming. I didn't, say anything about, I didn't say anything about going after two stars. Let's say, for instance, you've got a school that normally produces some really high three-stars that become four-stars or even four- and five-stars. But, you know, maybe they have a down year and they don't really have anybody. Are you going to come check out and see who they are? Maybe take one and put them on the practice squad, or you know, offer a PWO to them so you don't waste a scholarship just to keep a, you know, keep the relationship. 
that's something I would do. Because you want to keep that pipeline into those schools. Look at Knox Catholic and how they've, uh, you know, is that Jade You know what I mean? Is that Jade Mays? Because I mean, look how loyal we were to him, and he gave us the middle finger, and now everybody's you know up in arms about bringing in his brother as you know three star or whatever. And that was a. I'm a all right with bringing in his brother. He okay. will make us better. I'm okay with that. You know, it's again, it's all about maintaining relationships. And Butch Jones, as much as I hate keep bringing his name up, you know, how many times did we hear throughout his tenure that he destroyed a relationship somewhere? Yeah, five or six times. The thing that's funny to me is that I know uh, the uh, I had a connection with the uh, head coach there at Kingsport Dobbins Bennett and uh couple of those kids that we brought in there that first year with Butch Jones that played for us and, and did well. And, and uh, you know, the story up there was that Butch Jones went in there to recruit him and give him the time of day when Dooley wouldn't. And uh, so it's, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes with uh, the recruiting realm of things is that there's always some kind of a fish that's going to get away. Uh, there's somebody that's going to feel overlooked and, and damaged like the the kid from Dyersburg uh, felt like he should have gotten attention sooner. But, you know, I think there, there's always going to be some negative stories out there somewhere. And uh, you got to balance those against the ones that we do get. And like Priest was talking about, well, you know, we, we got Tooto. Um, so who would rather have, what who would we rather have Henry or the, the kid from Dyersburg? Uh, if we had to pick one, we'd all probably go with Henry, even though the guy's a Tennessee kid. Yeah, I mean, my, my biggest thing is, you. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think you you have to recruit your home state, but you have to be selective. I, I don't think you can build your, your, your program with home state kids unless you're Georgia or Alabama or Florida because those are, those are states that are just littered with four- and five-star athletes that you can just sit in your home state and not have to go anywhere. Tennessee's not like that right now. Now, it's getting better, and we've seen it over the past few years. We thought it was really great in 2015 when we were getting, you know, the Josh Malones and, and the Jalen Hurds, and that was kind of the start of it. And then the 2020 class has a lot of good athletes and, and offensive linemen and defensive linemen that I would assume that Pruitt's going to go after. But, you know, when he had his introductory press conference, he didn't say, hey, he didn't use the Bush Jones line. We're putting a fence up around Tennessee. He said, we're going to go find the best players that fit what we want to do. And I completely agree with that. He didn't say that it, they had to come from, you know, Knox Catholic or all the way out and Whitehaven. You know, I think, I think he knows that he can't build his roster and Fulmer did the same thing. He would get his, you know, choice four, three, four, maybe five Tennessee guys that he felt were great. And then he'd go recruit the rest of the country um, the Carolinas, the DMV, the Florida, and all the way out in California to build his teams. So I, I think Pruitt's going to use the same thing. I, I just don't think you do what Butch did and just completely um, – I'm, I'm going to keep it PG here. You don't you, – you, you restrain yourself from just wasting all of your scholarships on Tennessee kids to appease the high school coaches in one state. You know, I think we ended up with Derrick Rogers because we said, hey, we'll give right. Nash Nance right. something in Georgia. And that's what Dooley did. You you have to make those deals with the devil sometimes. Don't get me wrong. And but I, I think now. Yeah. Well, you, you know, here's, here's the thing, Priest. 
I agree with you to the extent, but I think you're missing my point. You come into a uh, school to take a look at a four or five star kid, or even some of the three stars that have really high evals on the coaching staff. All right. So coach says, hey, I also want you to take a look at this kid. Do you mind? Sure. Uh, we'll take a look at we'll take a look at him. If it turns out to be somebody you're interested in, watch him. If he's a junior, if he's a sophomore, if he happens to be a senior who is not very, um, not doing very well, maybe you invite him to a camp. Maybe you do something just to say, hey, yeah, we're a little interested in you, but we're you know, make it clear that this is more of a favor to the coach than actually doing something. It will make the coach feel good. Maybe the kid feel good, and at least he got some exposure from big school, and he ends up going somewhere else. It's just about building that relationship, keeping those ties. Because if you completely and totally snub a kid and just say, nah, I don't want anything to do with them, coaches may start taking that attitude and say, well, you know what? You ain't getting any of my kids. I'm going to turn them elsewhere. And I, I don't want that to happen. I'm not disagreeing. I, I just I think that's happening. You know, I think that it has to be because these guys are elite recruiters. They know how to play the game. They know when they go into a school that they're there to see one kid but they know they're going to have to see four or five to keep everyone happy in the room. Cause you know, there's always, I mean, heck any sport from baseball to soccer, there's always a stud on the team. Well, when the, the college coaches come to see the stud, the coach is also like, well, Hey, I got this shortstop that he's not fast, but he's got a heck of a glove hits for average. You know, maybe you look at him as, as a preferred walk on, or, or, you know, you look at him this way. I'm sure that's being done, but my my thought on this is if, if they're going to build the team that they want to build to to compete with the Georgias, the Alabamas, hell, to compete with uh, Vanderbilts and the South Carolinas that we, you know we're losing to, you're going to have to go outside the state to find the, that talent, and you're going to have to go compete with the the Sabins and the Kirby Smarts and even your boy Dan Mullins to get these kids in orange because they're not from the state of Tennessee. They don't know that Fulmer won a title 30 years ago. You know, they, 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 they don't know that. Um, all they know is that Tennessee has sucked for the past 10 years. Um, you know, they had the used car. They had Dooley who was worried about hygiene. They had Kiffin who was a, a you know, was only there for one year. Then you had Butch who was a used car salesman, basically that sold a bunch of lemons that looked good on the outside, but when you fired the engine up and ran it down the interstate, you might got a half a mile out of them, and then they broke down. So it, they, they don't know what it's like to see Tennessee on top. So I think it's even more difficult to recruit this state. So go somewhere where they're like, oh, well, Tennessee's kind of a hot place. I, you know, it's not, you know, it's not in Cobb County, Georgia. Maybe I should go check it out. You put them with a beautiful hostess, and you recruit the heck out of them. So I mean, I, I think I think you can win both ways, but you can't just waste all your time in this state? Well, I think a lot of this is going to come down to how the state is doing. I mean, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that 2020 seems to be a year that's rolling around where there's a lot more interest in the Tennessee boys out of the staff as it is. And I I also think that with Nashville growing the way it has been, that and that becoming more of a hotbed for, for high school football, uh, you're finding it to be more of a melting pot of kids coming there who are, you know, from somewhere else. Uh, I don't know. Where, I'm not sure where Grimes lives. You know, his dad's in Alabama. Uh, 
former football player, uh, if he's from the Nashville area, but you've got a lot of those kinds of kids that aren't necessarily carrying great allegiance to the home state school, especially when they haven't been winning. And I think that uh, Pruitt made a very uh, telling comment when he said that, uh, well, you know, we feel like we're going to be doing a lot better this spring. We're way ahead of the game. You know, we didn't we didn't really recruit a lot of these guys and we didn't know them and their families. And so we know them a lot better now. But the fact that they didn't recruit a lot of those guys, ooh, that was a pretty strong statement. Yeah, I think for the 2019 class, that's what he means. Because you, you could tell he didn't like it, the, the state of Tennessee um, class. I mean, he took the Lampley kid, which, I mean, you kind of have to. Not saying that he's not good, but, I mean, he, he basically came out of the womb with a, with a Tennessee T on his body. Um, but I think now that they've, they've had a year to recruit – um, kids in this state, they've made those relationships, PTC, that you're talking about. And I think in 2020, you know, we may have a, a larger ratio of Tennessee kids committed to Tennessee than Georgia, Alabama in the past. So it may be an evenly balanced class. Yeah, but I also think he was talking about the team that he inherited. Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's, that's, a, that's a God's honest truth by him on that one. Yeah, yeah, he – they didn't. They didn't really know what they were getting into uh, until they got into it. Uh, so he's uh, he still has a lot of places he needs to uh, uh, get shored up a little bit. But spring, this is what is going to make this spring practice really important for a lot of these kids and for this program. Is you know how many of them have developed, how many have really committed to the process and bought into it, and. Um, We'll know a lot more coming out of spring where they need to go as far as the, the 2020 recruits. Yeah, well, kind of wrapping this thing up and, and using PTC's favorite term, putting a bow on this discussion. <laughs> um, all I can say is, hey, if we just win games, it'll all fix everything. So it'll fix all the states we need to recruit in, all the recruits, all the two stars we need to get to get that five star, if we just win some more games. So hopefully we can win some games next year so. Um, but I, th- I thought this was a good discussion. I think this is actually more than, than a one-night discussion because it's really interesting. I still don't think we figured it out yet. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, is Tennessee getting better with, with recruits as far as the, the, the level of recruit that's coming out of the state? Yes, but it, is it even close to a, ten, to, to a Georgia or a Florida? Not even close, obviously. No. So, again, no. of where, we, where they put their, their dang resources, where can they – Again, in sales, when you think about sales, it's, yeah, I'd like to go where the people have the most money and have the most budget and are open and willing to buy my product. And that's what sales 101 is. Right. right? You don't want to go to the place where, well, no one's really going in there to try to sell. No one really does much over there. Like Birmingham, Alabama, for instance, nobody ever goes into Birmingham. Yeah, if you worked really hard, you could sell there, but you'd have to sell to a lot of small, tiny accounts to, to make a lot of money in Birmingham. Nothing against Birmingham. I love it. Not really, but you know, nothing against you guys. But that's the thing. It's like everybody wants to go to the big cities where there's a lot of budget, a lot of big customers that are buying a lot of big projects. So my point being is we've got to find the best bang for a buck. I don't know if it's a great analogy or not, but I live by analogy. So I've had to tell bleed orange plenty of them. So he kind of says yes or no to him sometimes. But the last thing that we will talk about tonight on the, the pod quest is baseballs. I know PTC and priest want to talk a little bit about that. I know nothing about it, but I do know that the baseballs, I believe 
brand new coaching staff, and they're three and zero right now. Is that is that the case? Yep, they uh, swooped App State and shut them out in each game. So very impressive. Didn't allow a single run. Uh, Lindsey Nelson Stadium was obviously rocking and looking good too. Um, I am very very happy with the renovations there. It looks and it's beautiful, really, isn't it? Really nice. Now, do they have troughs? The urinal troughs, like Newland. <laughs> Because that's kind of uh, <laughs> serious. You said there's renovations, and you know the troughs are a big staple over at Neyland, where you're fighting guys for, you know, position over there. <laughs> well, I've never seen a trough over there, but um, PTC, do you do you know if there's troughs at the baseball stadium? <laughs> I don't you know. I don't know. Considering that they were taking troughs out of TBA. I doubt with the renovations they left them over at Lindsey Nelson, you know. But hey, that's true. I haven't been to but, a game in a couple of years, so I don't know. Okay. Do I mean? Did you, I wonder if how many people wanted to claim one of those troughs? Like once it was done, like if they saw moving them out, like hey, I want one of those as a as a you know as a mem, memorable time that I've had. Yeah. Of. Yep. of Sneaking in Jack Daniels and pouring it in my cup while some <laughs> dudes, you know, living the dream beside me. Well, there's only one place you could put a trough, and it's like you know the when the basement when you got a basement and you've got underneath one of uh, your little screened-in porch or whatever, and you got your grill and you got like a table you never use with the chairs, and you got to put a trough like right over there some somewhere. That's the only place for a trough, or else if you've you know. You can put it in the master bedroom, but you know I, I think it's got to go outside somewhere where you can feel free and just let it go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so getting us back on topic really quick, the, the you know the <laughs> baseballs. <laughs> I mean, I would love to have trough talk for the rest of the segment. But it's a great segment, trough talk. <laughs> that's it. That's what we should call our our discussion topics. Um, the the pitcher um, at that that one game too, Zach. Um, Lingenfelter, I'm going to butcher that really bad. Kid's really good, really good righty. Um, uh, he, he projects he could be – he'd probably be a start, you know, full-time starter by the end of the year, or he could come out of the pen. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the full game. I watched some of the highlights. And, um, you know, in the SEC baseball world, you win with pitching and two to three good hitters. So um, I, I'm going to do a little bit more research so I come better prepared for the baseball talk next week. But uh, this team has a chance to do some damage if they, they stay healthy. Yeah, I agree. I think that they can, uh, you know, get – I don't know if they can make it to regionals in the um, CCWS um, – or CWS, rather. Um, I, I don't know if they can do that. But I think that they can get some great experience, and it looks like they've got a great class already shaping up to come in. Uh, you know, Coach Vitello has done a good job trying to do basically what Prude is doing and overhaul the roster and bring in some guys and make it happen. Well, that's all about I know about the baseballs. Um, I know they got a new coach, so hopefully he's recruiting well. And I, you know, I would love to talk about Raleigh. I, that was the last guy, right? I mean, I don't know how he did not succeed here, and I think we've talked about it in the past. But goodness gracious, um, he had all. I thought it was a home run hire. You know, no pun intended. But gosh, um, hopefully they've got a stud in there with the coaching staff now, and. Um, have some longevity with with uh, the baseballs. 
Anything else, guys? Right. Anything else we want to discuss before we say good evening to our wonderful group of listeners out there? I think we've held them with our rat conversation um, long enough. <laughs> it's always good to have them along. No, it's good. And actually, for for the group, uh, keep doing the the speak pipe, the little voice messages to us. We appreciate it. We had a couple other questions that came in in the mailbag. We'll do them next week, and we'll give you guys shout-outs. So thank you guys for your feedback and your questions. Make sure you do the voice messages too because it makes it a little bit more fun for us. Some people are too nervous to do it, so we challenge you guys to do that. But, um, again, an exciting week at Tennessee Sports. We had a really great time doing this again. Thank you guys so much for listening. We do this for fun and add more content to the to the board and the site. We're going to continue to grow, continue to add more things. I don't know if you guys saw or not, but we have a new avatar as well. So check it out and tell us what you think. It's all of our bright, shining faces with tuxedos on. It's really silly and funny. You can check out my avatar and see it. It's the new PodQuest logo. So we'd love some feedback on, on what you think about that. But we're going to keep adding new stuff. Uh, we're going to keep having fun, keep having laughs, and keep talking balls. So with that said... Uh, guys, you want to say good evening? Good evening. Good evening, Dawson. everybody. Thank you guys so much, and go Vols.